Happy holidays and happy new year. You found Bills by the Numbers, where we let the stats tell you where the Bills are at. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up, it's time for playoff odds and seedings based on how the final two weeks play out. We use the 538's playoff simulator to help us out. And Bengals play-by-play broadcaster Dan Hoare joins us to talk about the game that will play a major role in determining the AFC's top playoff seed. It's playoff football before the playoffs! Glad you could make it here for this edition of Bills by the Numbers. Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills Insider Chris Brown with you as always. And with some help from the 538.com, we are going to take a look at some playoff odds with two games remaining in the regular season. According to the 538's playoff simulator, the Bills currently have the second highest odds to earn a first round buy in the postseason at 47%. The highest odds belong to the Philadelphia Eagles at 97%. Right behind the Bills are the Chiefs at 40% with the Bengals third at 12%. Really, as far as Buffalo is concerned, this is all you could ask for, correct? Control of your own destiny, which is where the Bills sit at 12-3 and with a head-to-head win over Kansas City. That's right. That's where you wanted to be. And, and, you know, you can look back and say, miss some opportunities against the Vikings in the first game against the Dolphins. It doesn't matter. Um, This is what you really want. And coming down the stretch, you know, you you don't want to really have – it's, a, it's nice to be in that situation where you can rest your starters for three weeks and take a week off. And you know what? You, you need to keep playing to stay sharp. Uh, the Bills are going to do that in Cincinnati. The Cincinnati. This game against the Cincinnati Bengals is as big a regular season game as we've had in the conference yeah. uh, all season. And um, I think the Bills will be up for it, uh, as will the, the Bengals. This is, this is two good football teams going. It's yeah, I mean, as, as I'll describe in a moment, this really does determine – essentially, who the top seed is going to be. It's basically, for all intents and purposes, a Buffalo or Kansas City question, at least as I see it. There is a way that you know Cincinnati could sneak, sneak in if Kansas City falls on their face and they can beat Buffalo on Monday night. But for all intents and purposes, it's, it looks like it's going to be the Chiefs or the Bills. So let's move into that. We move the simulator forward. If Buffalo beats Cincinnati... On Monday Night Football in Week 17, that game on its own, without any help from the outcome of other games, would increase Buffalo's odds to land the first round by to 89% and reduce Kansas City's chances to 11%. It would mean that Cincinnati would be playing Wild Card Weekend for all intents and purposes. It essentially is a playoff game with playoff implications all rolled into one. It's gigantic. Yeah, it's huge. This is... uh... This is a game that raises – forget about the home field. This is a game that raises your chances to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Because it gives you home field. It gives you a week off. It gives you a chance to get healthy. And we've noticed this, and I've brought this up for years. You get into wild card weekend, it's really a fun weekend for football because the teams that are in there, the level goes up. Your intensity goes up as a team. You start yeah. – you know, you and some of these teams are fighting and, and kicking and scratching to get in. I mean, you look at – at the way this season's ending, and you've got these teams that, like Miami, like the Chargers, who have struggled to get in, Jacksonville, who's really in a fight. Scraping and clawing, yeah. They finish on such a high note, they carry that right into the next week. Hey, we made it. Like Jacksonville, can you imagine how excited they're going to be for that playoff game, right? 
what happens is they spend it on Wild Card Weekend, and then they got and nothing the team left for the divisional on, round. This is a team sitting there has been waiting <laughs> on them for two weeks, hammers them in the divisional round. Yeah, um, it really pays to have a week off and let those teams really dogfight it on Wild Card Weekend because those Wild Card games sometimes can be absolutely yeah. off their rocker. I would, I don't know the numbers behind it, and we could look it up when we get there in the playoffs. But based on what you were just saying, I, I mean, I, I subscribe to it wholeheartedly as well, that momentum thing when you have a team scraping and clawing all the way to the end, they get in and then they carry that into wild card weekend. I would, I'm just guessing, but my hunch is there are more upsets in wild card weekend than there are in the divisional weekend because of some of what you just said. That momentum from the end of the regular season for a team that just got in carries into that next week and they shock some team that was a three seed, and then they're on to the divisional round. The only problem is they left it all on the field last week, and they right. got nothing left to give in the divisional round to and, the team that's <clears throat> sitting there in wait, and, lying in wait and ready to pound the tar at you. And, not that, and they've cl- kicked and clawed and scratched to get into the playoffs and then won a playoff game. Hard to not construe that season. It's a success. It's a success. Yeah. You know, um, their fans are happy, their management's happy, their head coach is happy, their owner is happy. And not that they don't prepare and go out and play, but the emotional content is just not there as it would be if you're a team like the Buffalo Bills who's got this thing out there hanging on them where they, sh- they should have, would have, could have for two or three years, and they haven't. All right, so take us inside this scenario, though, because a lot of people say the Bills and the Bengals are going to be playing this game on Monday night like a playoff game. Because yeah, of what so, is yeah. at stake, what is it? Crawl, crawl, uh, take us into the minds of a player in a game of this magnitude, this late in the season, with this much on the line. You know, from the outside, we say, "Oh, these guys got to play it like a playoff game." How do you play it? Is it truly like, yeah, a I mean, playoff <clears throat> game where you're really you're letting leaving, it all hang out? Yeah, here? you're leaving it on the field. The coach, even the coaching decision, I think it gets into that as well. Fourth Being more downs. aggressive. Fourth and- downs, throwing the ball more on first down if you don't do it normally. Um, running some plays and some formations that maybe you were saving for a spot, uh, like a wildcat formation or maybe a um, you know, halfback pass, the trick play. All of that stuff gets yeah. thrown out, a fake punt, that kind of stuff. You're going for it all the time. Plus, your team – you're putting in some things that are possible shot plays against a coverage you've seen once that you can take advantage of. Uh, trying to get it and trying to have that in there ready to go that if you see it and you call it, you're going you're gonna to snap off a big play. Yeah. And that goes on both sides of the football as well. Um, calls where you know, you're going to jump a route, you're going to do this, you know, and the attitude is permeates all your meetings, your film study, everything throughout the week. Um, the level of focus is off the charts, and you know, guy, you know, guy, you know, guys will be loose, guys will be ready to play, but they'll be they'll be honed in. So yeah, I think all that happens. You'll have um, every detail will have magnified importance. They'll spend more time on them. There's nothing that's going to be like, hey, you got it? Yeah, I got it. Okay, we'll go. And, you know, they won't do that. Right? <laughs> the, you know, that, so it's just everything you can think of when you're inside the building is just going to be at a higher level. And uh, you can feel it. To tie up some loose ends with the playoff simulator, obviously if Kansas City somehow loses to Denver in Week 17 and Buffalo beats Cincinnati, it's a lock. 
the Bills would have the top seed in the AFC locked up. Even if we include a Kansas City win, along with a Buffalo win on Monday night, the Bills are still at an 88% chance to take the top seed. Now, let's go way too far down the road and talk Super Bowl odds. Right now, before the Week 17 games are played, the Bills have the second-highest odds to win the Super Bowl once again behind Philadelphia at 20%. The Eagles have the highest odds to win the Super Bowl at 22%. Once again, right behind Buffalo are the Chiefs at 18%, followed by the Bengals and Cowboys at 10% on the 538s simulator. So again... If we put a win for the Bills over the Bengals on Monday night into the simulator, those odds to win the Super Bowl for Buffalo go from 20% to 29%. Almost a 10% increase. The funny thing is even if you plug in an unlikely Chiefs loss to Denver this week, it only marginally increases the Bills' Super Bowl odds from 29 to 31%. A win by the Bills Monday night ultimately carries the most weight. What do you make of that? That one game... Increases their odds to win the Super Bowl by ten percent. I know you and I aren't in the projection business, but that's that's kind of interesting. In week seventeen, you can feel it. It's a massive game. It's a massive game. You got the Patriots in week eighteen. Yeah, who are warming up the bus? They yes. They, I mean, they're still in it, but are they? I don't know. Right. That's a good. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah. It is a massive game, and you're playing a really good football team with some implications. The Bills, to this point of the season, have beaten – well, we've been been over. They've beaten Kansas City, who's leading the AFC West. They they play Cincinnati this week. They've beaten Baltimore, who's the fifth seed. They've beaten Miami, who's the seventh seed. They've beat Tennessee. Beaten Tennessee. They've beaten New England. They've beaten the Jets. They've beaten Pittsburgh, Cleveland – I mean, they, and and then the and then the other side of it, as we know, Minnesota escaped Buffalo in overtime. In overtime, you know, and that's, I mean, they beat. And that's the only team in the other bracket that they've even faced. The Bills had the toughest schedule in the league. They've won a lot of games. And they've done it in every which way you can imagine. They've flexed on teams. They've coasted to wins. They've squeezed the life out of teams. They've run the ball to win. They've thrown the ball to win. They've used the big play to win games. They've they've grounded out to win games. They're hitting on all cylinders. And and they could not care less about style points. Yeah. They got a 22-point lead. This last weekend, and the media is like going, "Wow, I don't know you guys don't. I don't know how good you look." <laughs> I mean, they scored thirty, scored thirty-five, they had three turnovers, and won by twenty-two. Yeah, my gosh. So, um, yeah, that it's a big, massive game. The yeah. Colts, uh, the Bengals are a very, very good football team. The Bills are going to have to play well to beat them. Uh, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, goodness gracious, the Bills are coming in town, and they're really yeah. good. I, I'm. I'm intrigued by the increase of the Super Bowl odds from 20 to 29% just by virtue of winning that Monday night game over the Bengals. And I think it, it ties into the dramatic increase in the likelihood of being the number one seed if you win that game. I, I think that's the simulator taking into account the odds of you not having to play in the first round of the playoffs if you beat the Bengals because the chances are almost 90% that that's going to be how it plays out. And so that speaks to the value 
of what you've already addressed, not having to play wild card weekend, resting up your players, preparing, you know, extra time for whoever the opponent might be. I mean, heck, you've got a staff big enough. You can prepare a game plan for both teams of who you may possibly face or whatever. You know, you face the mm. lowest seed that's left, but you may know that by Saturday of wild card weekend. If the low, some low seed upsets somebody on Saturday, you know you're going to know who you're yet. playing already, right? potentially. So you could build even, even build in an extra day to start getting the game plan and all the scouting reports together well, on, have, on who you might be facing. You'll have a ton of work done already, but yes. yes um, absolutely. And there are times, and I meant when I was playing, I had uh, one of the great coaches I ever played for was a guy named Nick Nicolau. And he came in after we were getting ready. We got the home field advantage through the playoffs. And he goes, he goes. I didn't even sweat it, guys. He goes, I'm, I'm working on Denver. I knew they weren't going to lose that division round. I knew they were coming in for the AFC championship. Mm-hmm. He goes, I've, I already started working on them. So he's all over it. You know, they just know. They just take the chance. I'm going to even if they waste time. I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm working on that team because they're going to win, and they do. Um, you do take steps like that. Yeah. It's crazy, and it's an advantage when you're just sitting there because you don't have to worry about a game you got to play that week. Now that we've talked about just how much a win for the Bills against the Bengals would move the needle concerning Buffalo's odds to land the top seed as well as the Super Bowl, let's talk more about the matchup now with the Bengals with Bengals radio broadcaster Dan Horde. All right, Dan, so let's begin here. Uh, This is a monumental game as far as the AFC's top playoff seed is concerned, maybe a little bit more so for the Bills. Um, Bengals need a little bit more help than probably Buffalo does, being in control of their own destiny. What is the headline for this game as the Bengals go into it? I mean, they've won seven straight. The Bills have won six straight. But what's kind of the headline in the buildup to this thing on Monday night? Well, I think from the Bengals' perspective, it is can the Bengals beat Buffalo and Kansas City? They already have a win over the Chiefs. Now they've got an opportunity to beat the other great team uh, in the AFC. It certainly looks to me like the Chiefs, Bills, and uh, Bengals have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. So if Cincinnati can beat Buffalo, they still might not be the number one seed, but they would have wins over the other two great teams in the uh, in the conference, and that would certainly give them a lot of uh, confidence heading into the postseason. I would agree with you. There's no question that Kansas City, Buffalo, um, and, T- and Cincinnati, those three teams have separated themselves, but it only kind of just dawned on, the, on all of us here in Buffalo, really, as we look ahead to this Monday night game. All of a sudden, it's like, you know what? There's only three teams really in this thing that have really played well all season from the beginning. Certainly Cincinnati got off to a little bit of a slow start, but man, oh man, have they recovered. What led them into, you know, they they started out the season a little bit, well, you know, they stumbled out of the gate. What got them on track? Better play from their offensive line. So in week one against the Steelers, Joe Burrow was sacked seven times. In week two against the Cowboys, he was sacked six times. Since then, their offensive line has played well. And as you probably know, they completely rebuilt the line after last year. It cost them the Super Bowl when they couldn't protect Joe Burrow. Uh, Aaron Donald destroyed Cincinnati in that game, and and the Bengals wound up losing in the final two minutes. So the only starter that's back on the O-line is the left tackle, Jonah Williams. They've got a rookie at left guard who's played well. They've had free agents at center, right guard, and right tackle. Now the right tackle was injured last week against the Patriots. Uh, but since a slow start, that line gelled, and that's been a huge key for why they've turned things around. The one thing, and you know, a lot of a lot of 
the is going to be made in this game about the two quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and for obvious reasons, both teams you know are kind of carried by the arms of their quarterbacks. Uh, the thing that I found most interesting, though, as far as Burrow's game is concerned, come the fourth quarter, the guy is money. Um, leading the league, or at least the conference, actually, yes, leading the league in fourth quarter passer rating, uh, 117.1. He's got 11 touchdowns and two picks in the money quarter. Uh, what is it about him as a closer that you think kind of makes him the guy that he is? Money quarter and money downs. If you look at his third a third down passing stats, he's near the top of the NFL in that category too. So it just fits Joe Burrow in general. The guy is unbelievably clutch. When the game is on the line, he consistently delivers. You know, people keep trying to come up with comparisons for him, whether it's Brady, whether it's Montana, whatever. He he pushes it aside and and says, I'm just Joe. Don't compare me to anybody else. But really, when you think about it, that's what separates the greats, right? Their ability to come through when the game is on the line, whether it's Jim Kelly or any other Hall of Fame quarterback. And that's what Joe Burrow has consistently done Uh from the very beginning of his NFL career. If you go back to the very first game he ever played in, he took the Bengals right down the field on opening day and should have led them to a dramatic a game-winning victory in the final minute, only to see their kicker at the time, Randy Bullock, miss a chip shot field goal. Uh, but really, from the very beginning, Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter and uh, third down situations has been tremendous. Yeah, and he's, and he's it's not like the Bengals don't know how to put good people around him. You said that they did with the offensive line, but their receiving core is a thing of beauty. Talk about those three guys. It's the best trio in the NFL with, uh, you know, Buffalo's great wide receivers in mind and some of the other groups in the NFL. But I don't think any team has a trio as good as Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Jamar Chase set the NFL record last year for receiving yards by a rookie. T. Higgins has already go, gone over 1,000 yards this year. Chase will get there this week, and he missed several games with an injury. Tyler Boyd has had multiple 1,000-yard seasons in the past and is a tremendous slot receiver. So, you know, in Cincinnati, we have Cincinnati-style chili. Buffalonians might not know what I'm talking about, but it kind of looks like spaghetti with uh, sauce on top and uh, like a mound of cheddar cheese. And one of the most common ways it's served is called a three-way well, that's what the Bengals have at wide receiver, a three-way. It's a trio that if you concentrate on one of those guys, the other two are going to have a very good chance of beating you, and it's one of the reasons why Joe Burrows performed so well. You know, and as much accolades as that offense deserves, you know, the defense has not been too shabby either. Um, I find the, the pass rush tandem of Hendrickson and Hubbard pretty interesting. Hendrickson, though, is, is dealing with a wrist injury. Uh, how much in your observation, because he has played through it, at least to my knowledge, to some degree, how much has it compromised his level of play, do you think, Dan? He's playing with a broken wrist. He yeah. missed one game. That was two games ago. He returned last week against the Patriots and played well. It's a factor. I don't think anybody playing with a broken wrist, no matter what kind of protection they have on it, is going to be as effective Trey Hendrickson is so relentless. He is still going to apply some pressure on Josh Allen. He's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I don't think they'll have Sam Hubbard this week. He didn't play last week with a calf injury. We were told at the time that it was likely to be multiple weeks before he came back. Mm. Uh, nobody seems to think it's season ending. And they did leave a sliver of hope open that he will be back on Monday night. But if I were a betting man, I would say they will probably be without Sam Hubbard. 
Give us an idea of what the rhetoric from the coaching staff, Zach Taylor, how's he handling this season and his team? What's, uh, what are the media asking him about this week? Well, they're asking about the matchup because the Bills are so good and people want to know what the Bengals are going to be able to do to contain Josh Allen. Nobody thinks they're going to shut him down. The Bengals' theme from about the eighth or ninth game of the season has been they've got to play us. Because when the Bengals started four and four and uh, approached their bye week, everybody, all the national media was saying, yeah, the Bengals are starting to get it together, but look at their schedule in the second half of the season. It's one brutal game after another, and that's the way it looked on paper. And at a team meeting before one of the road games in about week nine or 10, something like that, Zach Taylor said to the guys, yeah, we've got a tough schedule, but keep in mind, they've got to play us. We are the reigning AFC champions. We are the team with Joe Burrow and all of these weapons. So, yeah, the schedule's tough, but it's going to be tough for them, too, to play Cincinnati. And that's really kind of been the internal message over the second half of the season. And it's been a bit of a rallying cry during this seven-game winning streak. Last one I've got for you, Dan, and forgive me if you haven't checked on it yet. I'm going to turn you into a little meteorologist here. The Bills have dealt with some weather, uh, to say the least, this season already and even had a game relocated because of weather earlier this season. What is the early forecast for Monday night? Is weather going to be a factor? I'm happy to play a meteorologist online. I just looked at the forecast before we started this conversation. The high on Monday is expected to be 66 degrees. Wow. The low is going to be somewhere in the 50s. So we're looking at an unseasonably nice night in Cincinnati for early January. It's been bitterly cold here, not nearly as bad as Buffalo. And and my thoughts go out to all my friends in western New York that have dealt with the severe weather. But it looks like we're catching a break on Monday night, and it's going to be great. Thanks, Dan. That's awesome. It's good to see you. I hope we cross paths in the near future, and good luck on Monday night. Thank you. You too. Appreciate it. All right, we push ahead now, Steve, to the numbers game where we will be quizzing Steve on top playoff seed postseason history. And fear not, Steve, we're only going 10 years into the past here. Question number one. No chance. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. In the last 10 years, how many times has a number one seed in the AFC or NFC won the Super Bowl? How many times in the last 10 years has the Super Bowl champion been a top seed? Four. Close. It's five. The last time, obviously, Philadelphia in the 2018 playoffs when they beat New England. Question number two. In the last 10 years, how many times has a number one playoff seed exited the playoffs in the divisional round? So the first game they play... Last year it happened. Tennessee was out last year. Mm. Um, Let me think. Uh, How about first round? How many times in the last 10 years has a number one playoff seed, AFC or NFC, exited the playoffs in the divisional round? Divisional round. I'll say, I'll say again, four. You got it. Four times. Good job, Steve. Uh, last year, both top seeds, Tennessee and Green Bay, both lost in the divisional round. The only other times were Baltimore in 2020 and Denver in 2013. 
<clears throat> that one had to sting Baltimore. They went 14-2 and two that year. Lamar won the MVP, and they wait, lost wait, in the didn't, first round. Didn't Buffalo beat them in the divisional round at home? 2019 season, 2020 playoffs. Oh, You're I thinking you. 2020 season, oh, January man, 2021. Right. It's, okay. I know, it gets a little convoluted. Right. Sorry about that. Question number three. How many times in the last 10 years has a number one seed reached the Super Bowl but lost? Kansas City did. I'll say three. It's higher. Six times. Oh, really? Kansas City, as you mentioned, 2021. San Fran in 2020. Mm -hmm. New England in 2018 to the Eagles. Carolina in 2016. Seattle in 2015. Denver in 2014. Final question. In the last 10 years, for an AFC top seed, what has been the least likely playoff exit round? AFC top seed, last 10 years, the least likely playoff exit round. How... Division or or um, it's got to be the division round or the championship round because they don't play in the wild card round or the Super Bowl. Oh, the, the least. So likely. the least likely playoff exit round is it divisional? Is it championship game or is it Super Bowl? In the last like, well, you ten said years, six times they've lost, got there and lost. So right. I'm, so what's the least? The likely? least would probably be division. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the uh, the championship round. You would be correct. Very well done, Steve. Way to use the test to take the test. I'm very proud of you there. AFC Championship game is the least likely exit round. Only once in the last 10 years has the top seed exited in the AFC title game. Kansas City in 2019 to to New England with the offsides. Lining up offsides. That's right. right. That was it. So, So listen to this. The other nine years, the AFC top seed had a divisional playoff loss three times, a Super Bowl loss, three times, Super Bowl win, three times. It's almost even right down the line. Anything can happen in the postseason. All right, that's a good job you did there in the numbers game. You hit on a couple. I mean, that's kind of like throwing darts there. Had a one in ten chance. Did a pretty nice job. Well done. Uh, Hey, you want to win a million dollars? Well, you can with FanDuel's free pick'em style game, high-low, pick teams, for four different stat categories that you think will score the highest or lowest for the week. The more you get right, the more you can win. Get them all correct, and you could win a million dollars. Just go to FanDuel.com slash high-low. That's H-I-L-O to play. Steve, you got the high-low for points this week. Let her rip. Here we go. High for points this week. I'm taking the darling Detroit Lions after watching the Bears last (laughs) week against the Bills. They're not going to stop the Lions either. Half their starters are on IR, so Chicago's going to be crippled up. And Detroit is going to put up some points against Chicago. Low for points, your Houston Texans. That's the, they got to do. They're playing against a motivated Jacksonville team. They've got to win this game to stay in the lead of the division. Houston's thirtieth in the league in scoring, and they're trying to get out of the stadium to go home. So Houston is low for points. All right, high for passing yards. I like the Chargers this week against a Rams defense that has fallen on hard times. They're They've slid all the way down to 22nd against the pass. Aaron Donald still unlikely to play with an ankle injury, so the Chargers should fare well against their NFC counterparts in L.A. Low for passing yards. I've got the Bears. We saw them last week. Their passing game is a struggle. 
even if Chase Claypool and Equinemia St. Brown are back in the lineup, I don't see it making much of a difference. Bears low for passing yards. All right, high for rushing yards. Saquon Barkley and the Giants. They're sixth in rushing. Should have a productive day against a Colts defense that is non-existent. Uh, they, the Colts could not be playing worse football. The Giants high for rushing yards. Saquon Barkley might have a day. Low for rushing yards. It's like for the ninth pick in a year, week in a row, we're picking the Rams. <laughs> they don't run. They don't even try to run it. Their offensive line's a wreck. They're decimated by injuries. They're not going to roll up any yardage on the ground. So the Rams are low for rushing yards. High for sacks. I'm taking the Chiefs in the first meeting with the Broncos. They sacked Russell Wilson six times. With Denver's head coach fired this week, do they play inspired? I'm not so sure. Kansas City high for sacks. Low for sacks. I'm taking the Falcons. They're last in the league in sack percentage. And while Colt McCoy is no Kyler Murray in terms of escapability, Atlanta just doesn't have the horses to rush the passer consistently. Atlanta low for sacks. Time now for our closing figure. The Bills now have the number one red zone defense in football, Steve, allowing opponents with a possession inside their 20-yard line to score a touchdown just a shade over 44%. Even Buffalo's number one defense a season ago was not as good defending the red zone as this year's squad. In 2021, the Bills finished sixth in the league in red zone defense. They're better, obviously, right now. That'll do it for this edition. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you used so you're notified when our next episode is available. And remember, when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, everybody!